It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. The Dallas Cowboys get an absolutely dominant win over the Los Angeles Rams in Week 8. We will break it down next on this episode of the Locked On Cowboys podcast. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. Joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. Landon, the Dallas Cowboys got a huge win over the Rams. 43 to 20 uh, in a game that we kind of expected the Cowboys to win. It's a ba- it was a bad matchup for the Rams, but I want, I want to get your overall thoughts here. What does a win like this for the Cowboys mean long-term? Well, I mean, I think, you know, it was kind of the way they won, you know, the, that was most impressive. I mean, I think, you know, we had questions these last two weeks about exactly uh, uh, you know, what this offense was going to come out. And I think you and I talked about it, you know, the, uh, leading up to this week, like, it wasn't just like, do we think that the Cowboys are going to win? It's, you know, it's uh, how do they look? Like, it's not just about sco- score or scoring style points or anything, but it's about, you know, can they run the football? Can they score in the red zone? Can they, can the offense look less disjointed and not, you know, so much Dak hero ball? Uh, and I feel like you saw a lot more of a, of a complete offense that the ball was getting around to everybody, that there was efficiency where there hadn't been efficiency before. Um, so I think that, and, and, and then the overall note that, you know, this team is really dangerous when there's blood in the water. I, you know, I think you and I were talking about it. There was a series of 10 plays that started at the end of the first quarter uh, that ended, you know, near the middle of the second quarter where the score went in from in 10 snaps of the ball. The score went from 10 to three to 26 to three. Uh, and, and And obviously not only changed the whole shape of the game, but I mean, I think kind of, uh, you know, put the Rams in a spot where they really, you know, we're going to struggle to come out of it no matter what happened. Yeah, we've compared this team, to, to use a basketball reference, like the Golden State Warriors in like 2017, 2018, where when they feel like they can dominate a game and take it over, it can happen in a second, right? We've yeah. seen this time and time again because of the defense, because of the special teams, they can they can turn things around really, really quickly. And this was just an example of it. You had a sack by Mark, Micah Parsons. You had a block punt by Sam Williams that resulted in a safety. Was it like four plays later? The Cowboys scored a touchdown after. So that's a nine-point swing. Then they get the pick six. Like things just snowball on teams so quickly when the Cowboys are at home a little frustrating that it doesn't happen on the road a little bit more often but it's pretty incredible I I will say Lena I think this was probably all things considered the best win of the season for the Cowboys would you agree I mean it's hard to argue that it's the most complete one you know I think the offense and special teams obviously had huge days as well Uh, the defense you know I think the defense have probably had 
better statistical games, but I mean, that's hard to say when you got a pick six and, you know, a, a sack and, you know, had a really good day overall. So, I mean, you were I, basically just in like conserve or not, not conserve time, but like, but yeah, exactly. We were in blowout front of territory yeah. for over 30 minutes of this game. Absolutely. I mean, you know, look, like, like we said, it, it went from 10 to three to 26 to three. And that was at the beginning of the second uh, quarter. So the Cowboys had a lot of game where they were playing with a very large lead uh, and they didn't necessarily need to be aggressive. Uh, they just kind of needed to keep it all in front of them and force the uh, force them to try to, you know, march the length of the field while behind all that way, you know, eventually mistakes were going to happen and they did. Uh, and, and I think that that ultimately, you know, the Cowboys were able to kind of de-teeth a passing attack, which, you know, featured a, a rookie who at the time led the entire NFL in receiving yards. So I, I think it was a good job by the Cowboys of kind of putting them on their uh, on their back foot and then keeping them there for the most of the game. Yeah, it was 33 to three before the two minute warning in the first half. I mean, yeah. literally, you played an entire half of blowout football, though. There was one point in the game where the Rams cut it was at 17 to 33, where you felt like, oh man, maybe they're getting back into this. <laughs> yeah. And the Cowboys, I think they went down and got a field goal drive in the next one, then they got a turnover or whatever. Like, well, it was in, a, in an eight minute drive. And that was the worst part for them is that the, the yeah. points weren't even the thing is that they needed time and they had no time after that, you know, long drive. So yeah, yeah I mean, the, the Cowboys took the air out of the game when they needed to, which was, I think the other aspect of the game that we were looking for, run, the run game being efficient and finding a way. And that seemed to happen a little bit better in the second half. Uh, so we're going to get to C.D. Lamb and Deron Bland in just a little bit, but I want to talk just quickly about Dak Prescott because for me, for me, this is the best I think I've seen him play in a while. Twenty-five of thirty-one for three hundred and four yards, four touchdowns. Did have the one red zone interception that he threw a little bit behind Sean McEwen. I don't even know if that ball was intended for Sean McEwen. I think it, it was, was tipped at the line of scrimmage, tipped at the line uh, of scrimmage, and, and then tipped by McEwen as well. So, yeah, I mean, it's that's kind of tough to put on the back. Of the we game. should also mention there were several times where Dak scrambled on third down to pick up a first down using his legs. Now, he only finished the game with 19 rushing yards, but every single one of those was like to get a first down. I thought Dak was incredible on Sunday. Yeah, this is Dak at his most comfortable in this offense, right? Like being able to kind of pick up the first downs when he needs to. Yeah, run Dak, run. I agree, Crypto Keeper. I mean, I don't, you know, again, we're not looking to give Dak a certain amount of carries a game, but when the options aren't there and he can pick up an easy five or six yards on second down and 10, let's get the third and four instead of trying a, a, a you know, a one for one pass to your fourth wide receiver down the field. You know, I, I think or if it's third and four and they're playing man coverage and you can just scoot out to the left and get out of bounds without taking a hit and getting through. Like he did that two or three times today. And it's what made this offense just kind of click. It's like, Hey, get that first down, keep the chains moving and everything is going to fall. Into and place. then, and you don't have to do it every time, right? On no. the fourth and one, Dak was able to stay in the pocket, let the pass protection work around him, and and get through his progressions to find Cooks on the crossing route to convert to, to on a big conversion. So, uh, you know, it's it's about being able to do both. Uh, and I think that's really what it is, is that Dak just basically wasn't mixing it. The Cowboys weren't just mixing Dak, Dak's legs into no. the game. Pl- and, uh, and, and he just seemed a lot more comfortable. Obviously, there was a lot more uh, specific targeting to CeeDee Lamb. And that has been incredibly successful, and, and, and it doesn't, and it seems to scale to volume. So yeah. the more let's they, the Cowboys just need to continue to feed Lamb as much as he can handle until the efficiency drops off a little bit. Uh, I think that's going to be a huge part of this, and we'll talk about that in the, in, in the next segment a lot as well because I, I think it, that's a huge part of why the Cowboys won this game, obviously. And I was nervous after the first drive where Dak got sacked. I think three times on the first drive yeah. of the game. 
I was worried like, oh man, is he, is he going to get a little bit rattled in this what, game? And what you really worry about is McCarthy just completely changing the game plan after that. You worry that like, oh, he takes three quick sacks. Are they going to stop throwing the football? But they didn't. They, yeah. I think they did something like 10 like consecutive passes after that. So uh, good on McCarthy and not, you know, going into the shell and getting conservative just because of early, you know, it, la- lack of success. It seems like they did make a little bit of an adjustment to use some more like six and seven man protections. And we talked about this late last week. Like if you give Dak time, he's going to be able to pick apart the secondary. They just don't have the horses to cover CD lamb and Braden cooks and Jake Ferguson. And that's what happened. Eventually the Cowboys settled down and they, they were unbelievable. And why I think this was the best game for the Cowboys overall is, Against like the Jets and the Patriots, they were getting some turnovers on defense. They weren't scoring in the red zone. That wasn't the case here. The Cowboys were super efficient outside of one red zone interception uh, inside the 20. Yeah, and I think the other thing, too, that we had kind of complained about was the targeting outside of of, of CeeDee Lamb and, and how the balls were going around to everyone else. I, I specifically asked for more targeting for Ferguson, and lo and behold, look, they get a, an early red zone touchdown to him in the seam route that they've been trying to hit the last three weeks. They finally got it going. Ferguson was four, four for four. Uh, four targets, four receptions for 47 yards of the touchdown. Brandon Cooks actually got the deep ball thrown to yeah, him. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like after all running all those nine routes and talking about, you know, trusting the process, uh, he continued to be part a big part of this offense. Converted a fourth down uh, in the That's second right. half. And, and Gallup was efficient in his targeting. You know what I'm saying? Only got three targets, but converted two of them for 20 yards. And, and that's what we it. wanted to see. You know, it's just a, a little bit less just focused on, you know, just Brandon Cooks or just Gallup and more just kind of seeing the ball going around a little bit more and more C.D. Lamb targets. I think this kind of targeting is really where this offense is, is finds its sweet spot, I think. You brought up the man of the hour, C.D. Lamb. Let's talk about his absolutely stellar performance in Week 8 next. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Football host Vinny Iyer to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week, all season long, whether you're prepping for a daily draft or you're scouting the waiver wire, each week we're going to provide you the players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. So let's see who Vinny has picked out for us in this week's eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. It's Dalton Kincaid of the Buffalo Bills. Dalton Kincaid has stepped up into a big role with Dawson Knox getting hurt. He's gotten hot with Josh Allen the past two weeks, scoring for the first time in his career in Week 8 against the Buccaneers. Kincaid gets a smash spot in a shootout against the Bengals on Sunday night. Cincinnati has been better in coverage outside and versus wide receivers than tight ends. Kincaid will once again come through for managers looking for a midseason pick-me-up at the position. Vinny Iyer from Lockdown Fantasy Football is going to help you win your fantasy championships. And eBay Motors knows that a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. The same is true with your vehicle. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure that your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. eBay Guaranteed Fit, only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only, exclusions apply. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast. Locked On, our football season is here, and Locked On is kicking up our coverage with Locked On NFL Kickoff Live each Friday. Locked On will go live at 2 p.m. Eastern on every Locked On NFL YouTube channel. Host Tanitra Batiste, Jarvis Davis, and Kyle Krabs 
We'll break down every game on the NFL slate to get you ready for your team's matchup, your fantasy lineups, your betting angles, and more. Plus, get the in-depth local analysis from our stable of NFL hosts across the country who know these teams better than anyone else. Find Locked On NFL Kickoff Live every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time on any Locked On NFL YouTube channel. Landon, let's talk about CeeDee Lamb. An absolutely monster performance. 12 catches for 158 yards and two touchdowns on 14 targets. I I thought he was outstanding. Oh, you're muted. That's right. You're just so excited to talk about CeeDee Lamb. Yeah, and I couldn't – I had to turn it down a little bit. Uh, yeah, I, I think just, you know, it was everything too. Like you just saw it. It's all, it's all crossing routes, you know, stop routes. Uh, there was a, that I, – I wanted to go see what the All-22 was on that. I think it was his second touchdown where he was just completely wide open. And I, I, I was surprised that they lost him. Uh, and then, you know, you, you saw him, you know, making one, one, one for one, you know, down the field, sideline catches. Um, you know, just I, I, I think he's just shown you he can do a little bit of everything. And they found a bunch of different ways to get him the football, a, a really interesting screen routes, swing routes out to him. Um, and I and I think that that's really what has been uh, and I hope that continues is that just the kind of variety of ways that they found to get him the football, uh, to get scheme him open, to get him the ball uh, on the run. Uh, that's where they found the most success, you know, the ability to have him in the slot. Uh, is only really useful if you are able to move him around a little bit. Uh, you know, I think focusing him on only being on the slot, um, you know, can can, it can kind of keep get a little stale. So I think depending on the matchups, he should be moving around. I think you saw a lot of that. His usage was, uh, you know, varied enough that it, it wasn't. They weren't able to kind of keep tabs on him or always get him with double coverage. And honestly, I think that that's a huge portion of what happened on that you know the wide open touchdown as well and there were a couple different times when it just felt like there wasn't a defender anywhere near him and 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 sometimes it was route running uh but other times i think it was designed as well so uh, i'm really excited to kind of go back and study the the all 22 and see exactly what they were doing because it really felt like they were getting a lot of different looks for him and it was that kind of varied looks uh you know caused a, a lot of problems for the for the defense one of the reasons that we wanted to see C.D. Lamb more involved in the offense is because of the efficiency. Like, every yeah. time the Cowboys throw him the football, generally good things happen. I yeah. believe – I'll have to double-check, but I'll, I believe over the last two weeks, he has like 280 yards <laughs> and has two incompletions. I mean, it's it's unbelievable how efficient Dak is throwing to him. So why not just build your whole offense around getting C.D. Lamb the ball? It's what the Rams have done forever with Cooper Cup. Now, obviously, that wasn't the case today. What the Vikings have done with Justin Jefferson and some of the other teams, it's like, let's move around our pl- best player. Let's get him in get him in advantageous matchups yeah. and just feed him the ball because we know more often than not he's going to make plays. And I can't even tell you how many different times today they got him the ball on a slant or a dig, and he catches the ball, and it's an extra 11 yards after that where he's just spinning and not going down on first contact. There's been a lot of really good CD Lamb games. I think this might have been his best. Yeah, and I, again, I think that's been our question a lot of times. I mean, you brought it up. Can the 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 efficiency scale to to volume, right? To to like high volume targets. I mean, he had 14 targets today and he caught 12 passes. I mean, that's that's scaling up. So if he can do that, the, I mean, the way that they were able to do that obviously was moving him around and and, and getting him different looks. Uh, and that's how you continue to get a lot of efficiency. Uh, despite you know throwing the ball his way over and over and over again, and the defense knowing that you're going to continue to throw the football his way, uh, you know again I think that also what really really helped was 
being uh, uh, more efficient in, in the targeting outside of CeeDee Lamb because it just helped you get more of the first downs, which continued to allow you to target CeeDee Lamb. So being able to loop in Ferguson more, and really Ferguson just being able to convert a lot of his yeah. opportunities more than he was in those first few games, and then them trusting him more to give him those more targets today, I think was a big improvement. I think, you know, Brandon Cooks, he's been running these nine routes. We might as well throw the ball to him sometimes. So <laughs> I think we're seeing it a little bit more. Uh, and when he's getting the ball, now it's just another thing for these defenses to, to, to think about. And what does that do? That opens things up for, for everybody. Have more overneath, so uh, it all fits together. Uh, I feel like the, the offense is clicking in a way that it, it wasn't, you know, previously. Even last, you know, the last time we saw them play, even though they won, it didn't necessarily feel uh, always so efficient. Uh, this was, I, I think, this was the best offensive game we've seen so far in the sense of what Agreed. we needed to see this offense do. It was able to do. Uh, really quickly, here's a stat on CD Lamb: last three games, Dak Prescott is 23 of 26. For 336 yards and two touchdowns, throwing to C.D. Lamb, three incompletions. I mean, that's that's why it's. I mean, he had 14 targets today, and if this game would have been closer, you could have told me he should have gotten 17, 18. Because there's not a lot that goes bad when you're targeting C.D. and that opens up for the everybody else to be more efficient, as you just mentioned. Yeah, and again, I think we also need to give hats off to uh, to the offensive line because, as you said. As as the game went on, the Cowboys' offense offensive line was able to just hold up things on, up front. Dak had plenty of time to get through his progression. Again, I point back to that fourth and one play where Dak was in the pocket, was able to stand tall in the pocket and get all the way through his progressions to a, a, a crossing route. To, to you know, it was so late in the snap that so Cooks late. was almost out of balance. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So uh, that that's that shows good pass protection and a real rebound from what was happening early in the game. We should mention there was an injury in the offensive line. Uh, so no yeah. Tyron Smith to start today. The Cowboys held him out with his stinger. It sounds like, according to Jane Slater, that he wanted to play. The Cowboys decided to, to hold him back for a week. In hindsight, glad they did. Smart move. Right? Obviously, yeah. now you've get – hopefully, assuming everything goes well, you'll have him next week against the Eagles. You probably won't have Chuma Adoga, who started at left tackle. He injured his ankle, was carted off the field. I don't believe as of right now we have an update. Am I wrong? Do we, do we... I, I saw. I actually saw that it was. It sounds like it's a low ankle uh, sprain, yeah. so it's uh, so it's not a high ankle. So it, he he might not play next week. Uh, but I mean, I think there's whenever it's a low ankle, you think you know two to three weeks at uh, at the most. Yeah. Obviously, depending on the severity. So that's good. Um, we did see a little bit of Awesome Richards playing left tackle. I can't wait to go back and watch the film on that. Yep. But yeah, yeah, I honestly, with the fir- after the first drive, I was really nervous that the Cowboys tackles just weren't going to hold up. Terrence Steele got beat multiple times. Chuma Doga got beat for a second, I believe, the first play of the game. But that unit did settle down as the game went on. And I mean, I, passable is too low. Uh, I thought they were pretty good in this game. Oh yeah, I I, I mean honestly, I, I think uh, if I'm not mistaken, I saw uh, NFL was it uh, advanced stats say that it was actually the lo- ended up being the lowest pressure percentage that the Cowboys fa- had all season. Which you know, <laughs> again, it's quite shocking considering the fact that in the first four sna- offensive passing snaps, they Dak was on the ground. But uh, yeah, I I think that as the game went on, they got a lot more comfortable. I, I also think that the Rams, you know, kind of lost a lot of will to as as the game went on a little bit it was just it was just kind of ugly so uh that certainly helped with the kind of protecting Dak and keeping him off the ground all right are you ready to do our Deron Bland conversation let's do it I am yeah I'm let's do it about it yeah. because Deron Bland another pick six on Sunday he is up to nine intercept uh, interceptions in his short NFL career we will get to that next 
This episode is brought to you by DoorDash. Did the game go to a two-minute or go to a timeout? Time to order in with DoorDash. Is it halftime? That's ordering in time. Two-minute warning. You got it. That is your cue to order in. Whenever the game clock stops, that is your time to order in with DoorDash. Why root for your favorite team on an empty stomach? Order on DoorDash and save on your football watch parties this year. If you're out in Arlington, you're watching the Cowboy game, and you want to grab some food uh, before you go into the stadium, check out 24-7 Tacos. I know Landon has a bunch of places out in uh, Dallas, out in Arlington you love. Do you want to name uh, one? I, I'd be getting torchies or Velvet Tacos. I mean, Mexican food would Perfect. be coming to my place immediately if, if, uh, if I was in Dallas right now. All of your favorite restaurants and stores from retail to grocery are on the app so you can shop everything you need to get game day ready. Get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code LOCK23. Subject to change, terms apply. Again, get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code LOCK23. Subject to change. Terms apply. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Landon, let's talk about Deron Bland. What did you see from him in this game? Well, I mean, just another uh, a situation where, you know, he takes advantage of a quarterback being just slightly imperfect and, you know, just ha- constantly having eyes on the quarterback uh, and, and, and taking advantage and just, you know, always just pouncing on his opportunities in a way that you just don't see cornerbacks outside of Trayvon Diggs do, you know, it's just, uh, it was, it wasn't a great throw by, by, by Stafford, but I mean, the fact that, that that he was able to get eyes on the ball while kind of sorting through what was going on in front of him, which I, if I'm pretty sure if I remember correctly, he was the, you know, he had crossing uh, wide receivers in front of his face, which I think ca- caused some of the confusion with Stafford as well. Cause he wasn't exactly sure where to put it. Uh, but Bland was able to know what he was doing, keep it all in front of them while looking at Stafford, uh, come back, make the catch, obviously and finish the play. And there's the touchdown. Uh, he had another uh, a really good play later on in the game where I'm pretty sure it was a tackle for a, a loss. And um, you know, I mean, just, it really, I mean, if you look at it, just the 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 lack of numbers, I think, is really what's impressive here. The the the, the Rams were down, uh, you know, by big points, and and I understand that Stafford didn't play, you know, for a good portion of this game, but but for even when he was there, the Rams were down for a good portion of this game, and 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 they weren't, you know, having a ton of success throwing the football, despite the fact that you know Puka Nakua is is the lead, NFL leader in receptions, I think, coming into the or receiving yards, maybe, uh, coming into yeah. this game, so. Uh, and you know, Cooper cup has been back for two games. Now I know, understand he's not fully healthy, but look, that's, that's still a, a quite a twosome. Uh, and, and they were able to hold them to, uh, to very little production. And, and even when Stafford was in there. So uh, I think hats off obviously goes to the pass rush, which was fearsome. And obviously a big part of why Stafford wasn't able to play in the second half. Uh, but I think a, a good, good reason that, that they were able to kind of get some of that pass rush and have success there was because the coverage was really tight on the back end. And, and I'm, ex- I'm excited to kind of go back and study this some more, but just watching uh, just from the, you know, the, the broadcast tape, you could tell that they were having success against these guys because yep. uh, Stafford was having to hold on to the ball a long time. So Jerron Bland has nine interceptions, and we are 
what now a year and a half into his NFL career. Amazing. He has more interceptions at this stage of his career than Trayvon Diggs did. And everybody believes Trayvon Diggs is the best ball hawk cornerback in the league. And he really might be. But there's a chance that he might not be the best ball hawk on his own team, which is absolutely incredible. I mean, when you have nine interceptions in basically a full season like that, because he only he started, what, was it week eight, week nine last year? That sounds, yeah, that you're, sounds right. You're doing something right. I also want to say, there was multiple plays in this game that Jerome Bland made that weren't the interception that ended up yeah. helping the Cowboys. There was a tackle that he made to force a, a fourth down. He had a couple yeah. of pass breakups early in the game. I think Deron Bland is on the verge of stardom if he if he's not already there. I mean, he is one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL. There's just no way to there's no way to, to, to deny it at this point. Yeah, I mean, honestly, uh, uh, I think uh, it's something that we talked about when when Trayvon Diggs got hurt. Is that this? You know, last year when this happened, uh, when there was an injury at the cornerback position and Bland had to come in and play. That was his opportunity to become a starter. You know, that was his opportunity to show the world that he deserved the, the playing time to become a starter. Now, I think what in the, I, I said this on Peter's show on, on Locked On Sports Today, uh, uh, the day after Trayvon Diggs got hurt, I, this this situation with Trayvon Diggs is now Bland's opportunity to show everyone, the world that he's a star. And he has <laughs> since I said that he's had three pick sixes. So uh, clearly, he either heard me or he was ser- well on his way uh, on his own. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think clearly he's been one of, if not the best cornerback in the NFL. Like you know, like since since uh, since he's gotten a chance to start, and so I I think he's really taken his opportunity and run with it. And I just we should mention Micah Parsons because he had another ridiculous. Oh, yeah, he guy, had a sack. Yeah. He yeah. had another sack that it was it got overturned on a third down, uh, where he hit Matt Stafford's arm. I forced mean, a couple of incompletions as well. Forced a couple. The, there was heavy, yeah, there was a pressure. Yeah. Yep, there was one where he hit Stafford right in the body on a third down where he threw the ball out of bounds. I mean, they called it an incomplete. Yeah, when it may have he's been very, very close to a fumble. You know, yeah, it, it was just he's just constantly everywhere. I mean, it's just like I, I, I mean, just the fact that he was you know, in, in the middle on the outside. Stafford finally kind of got to the point where he was, you know, just trying to get rid of the ball because he just knew that it was he was coming. Uh, and it's and it then eventually opened it up for everybody. Like uh, Dorrance Armstrong kind of got a very clear pathway to use a swim move inside because. Everybody was focused on getting down into it, blocking Micah inside. So, you know, Dorrance had this huge lane to kind of easily win a one on one and then get inside. So, uh, yeah, when he, when, when Micah eats, everybody eats. And I think that was the case that, you know, there wasn't a huge number of sacks in this game. Um, but I, I think the fact is, is that that's because they were desperate to get the ball out quickly yeah. and weren't able to look downfield and, and have the kind of yards that they normally would in this offense. Last thing before we go, with the Cowboys using Sam Williams as a gunner. This game because there was multiple Gunner times. One, was- Gunner one, baby. He was incredible. I mean, look, the, the, the fact is, is that he's an incredible athlete. And 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 was and won right away on his like on that first one when he was able to get down the field and and corner the the force the a, a, a they weren't uh, using him as time. a gunner, right? They were just using him as the last guy in the line of scrimmage. I think he was the guy. He was split out wide. He I was split out wide because it was um, twice I noticed him. He was the first guy down the field, and yes. it was like in the spot where there were, that a gunner was at. Again, we're getting really nerdy and tactical here, but it was unbelievable to watch. I think it was the radio broadcast with Bab, uh, Babe and Brad. They were talking about how Dexter Coaxley used to be a gunner at times, and he was 6'2", 250. So, uh, I mean, look, if it, the shoe fits, man, I mean, that, that's got to be the most terrifying thing ever, to see a full sprinting Sam Williams screaming as he comes at you. I, I, I would just I would wave my hand as soon as the guy punted the ball, to be honest. Yeah, it's terrifying. 
I think the Cowboys used to use Hollywood Henderson as a gunner. Like yeah, the, I, the I think you're right. Yeah, that's so, right. It's kind of the same thing. Uh, all right, that is it for today's show. We want to thank you for making Locked On Cowboys your first listen every single day. Every day, we'll be back on Tuesday to break down some of the film. I can't wait to dive into this film. This is going to be a much more exciting film study than maybe the last couple of games that we've had. No. So make sure you tune in for that. Again, we are free and available on all platforms. Check out the show on YouTube. Go follow Landon on Twitter at McCoolBCB. I am at Marcus underscore Mosher. Enjoy your victory Monday, and we will see you right back here tomorrow. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.